Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wine Pickups. Hey everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We have got a very special show for you tonight. We're glad that you're listening. We're glad that you've chosen to spend a little bit of time uh, well, at least an hour of your time uh, listening to us ramble on about awesome guitar gear. And tonight we have a not only a very special guest, we've got two very special guests. And not only do we have two very special guests, we have a, two very special guests with a very special story that they're going to tell and an announcement. Without further ado, special guests, who are you? Alex Garaldi, Jordan Collins, and we are Copper Sound Pedals. Fantastic. Copper Sound Pedals, old veterans of the show, if you will. Uh, we had you guys on a long time ago, and you've been, uh, you know, uh, if you've got one of our flashlights, a pedal board flashlight, that's, uh, you know, that's their doing. So uh, good on you for, get, for coming up with that thing. Fantastic. And oh, by the way, if you're interested in one of those, just uh, head on over to the Guitar Knobs Patreon, patre- patreon.com forward slash the Guitar Knobs, and you can find out a little bit more about it. Tony Baloney, what do we yeah. do on the show? Well, we love uh, to talk about gear. Yep. We like to talk to the people who make this gear. And specifically, we like the boutique gear. Things yep. like guitars and pedals and, oh, I don't know, amplifiers and pedal boards and accessories and all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, yep. though, we do like to do a 101 show where I think Jared enjoys the most is that true jared learning time is always fun learning is fundamental that's right (laughs) learning is fun (laughs) the mental (laughs) the mental yeah so So uh, that's what we do that's that's what we do that's well said tony thank you very much Um, well it wasn't that well said but well uh and so we've got uh and and for everybody's understanding we're still in the midst of this mess um you know the uh, semi-quarantine whatever um jared and tony and i are not in the same building which is breaks my heart every single week it does because i miss these guys terribly um and um copper sound pedals are is not in the building either nor would they be probably because you know they're in massachusetts Mm. um so boy oh boy i can't even tell you how hot the story is that we're going to bring on y'all tonight. Uh, white hot. They'll white be hot. White hot. White hot. Presses for it. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, but before we get in there, we've got to, you know, if you've listened to the show, you know how this is going. If you haven't, well, you're going to find out how it goes. So, <laughs> we got All a couple aboard of, the crazy train. <laughs> we got a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, we want to say a big fat thank you to correct amundo road mics for providing the road master pro uh sorry <laughs> road master that's like a exercise equipment or something i don't even that's know a, what the hell that that's, thing a, is. that's an old buick <laughs> hang on <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank road for the road caster pro this awesome machine that uh captures our voices every week and uh for the pro caster mics which also captures the voices every week. I'm uh, I, that's just going to be the theme of my show. I'm just going to, you know, 
capture, yeah. capture and release, capture and release, tag right. and release. Um, <laughs> so, hey, listen, if you are interested in dabbling into the podcast world or just recording your own voice at home for just a uh, you know session recording at your home sessions, I should say, um, or anything that you know warrants something like this, this is a good thing to have, and you should That's check right. them out at Road Mike. All right. Uh, we also want to do a little shout out to our own YouTube. Hey, people. <laughs> For a long, long time, we've been people going, why aren't you guys on YouTube? Why don't you have your episodes on YouTube? And we have. They've been old. Uh, and But just, you know what? I bit the bullet and said, all right, we'll get them up there. And so now every week, uh, this these episodes will be uh, available on YouTube. Um there is some glitch where I think we're missing like 20 episodes from pot from the, the signal. I'm not, I'm not really sure why they're older ones. I don't know that, you know, you stress too hard about that, but uh, we will be trying to get it fixed. But in, in the meantime, as you're, you know, working out and doing whatever and watching the YouTube, uh, watching the YouTubes, you can uh, listen to our show and we hope you like it there too. Oh boy. Oh boy. Gentlemen, all, yeah. all, how many is this? Five of us. Five yeah. of us. Let's get into what we have going on in our music worlds this week. Tony Baloney's going to kick us off, and then we're going to hand it over to Alex Graldi and Jordan Collins. Jordan Collins, sorry. I didn't know why I gave you the fancy <laughs> Jordan, it's French. It's like, Jordan Collins. Jordan. Jordan Blue. <laughs> That's Ooh, another pedal name. <laughs> All right, Tony. All right. So uh, let's just, uh, a few years ago, uh, I think it was at one of the names. Be wary of any story that starts out with a few years ago, by the way. (laughs) A few years ago, a friend of (laughs) mine. from Tony. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was, uh, there was a a book called uh, 108 Rockstar Guitars. Uh, I think the author is Lisa Johnson. And she's also the photographer. And this book I saw at the NAMM show, like I said, a few years ago, and I said, oh, my God, this is, it's beautiful. I mean, it literally, the photography is beautiful, and it covers uh, 108 guitars from various rock stars that you might imagine. Uh, even uh, some guy from up in Detroit, I think, has a guitar in there. Um, so anyhow, <laughs> I, um, I saw that they recently re- released a soft cover version. But as I did some research, I found that the softcover version is smaller than the hardcover version, which means all those beautiful photographs are slightly <laughs> smaller. So, but I, uh, I did a little <laughs> looking around. <laughs> what? What are you giggling at? He nothing, thinks the weirdest nothing, things are funny nothing, sometimes. You have to excuse nothing, Just him. keep going. I'm just going. I'm, you've, you've ruined my train of thought. <laughs> again. Again and again. <laughs> So I, I, I checked the usual usual suspects. I went to uh, Amazon, and they didn't have any used books. Uh, and that's that's kind of my thing. I hate paying top dollar for books when I can find a used book for a lot less money. And just to give you an idea, new, this book is about $108 for the hardcover. Holy and, smokes. Yeah, it's not a cheapie. But so I, I, I found one on eBay. Uh, it, went back and forth and couldn't negotiate a good price. So my last ditch effort, there's a, there's a website called ABE books. It stands for, uh, I think American book exchange. And I've bought 
all kinds of really cool stuff. All, you know, starting from back in, you know, 20 years ago, whatever. And they had a seller that was selling the two brand new ones for $65 plus, mm. you know, some under $5 shipping. So I ordered one up and uh, got confirmation today that it is shipping. I can't wait to get it in my my grubby hands so I can see it again in person. But um, I guess the lesson is check around because there's always deals to be had. And if you like books as much as I do, uh, American Book Exchange, abebooks.com, is an excellent place to search. Awesome. Good things come to those who wait. That is correct. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Socrates. Um, <laughs> That's so great to you. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from uh, Alex and Jordan. Yeah. So, actually, I was talking to uh, Plato, I think, this week. Well, just like so well, Tony and I. Been really uh, high. <laughs> Tony and I have been living uh, parallel lives, I think. Um, yeah. So. My musical world has been like outside of the pedals and stuff has been uh, kind of a continuation of the last time I was on the show, which I did the four on the floor based off um, like a folk blues concept director that I've been working on since then I had moved twice. So it's been harder, but I actually recorded a few months back. I think I recorded 15 uh, rough demos of the, um, the, the record that I'm eventually working on or going to be do- producing with Jordan here. Mm-hmm. So most of my music world has been uh, grabbing my acoustic guitar. Uh, there's a barn that's like a, scr- a screened off barn um, at the new house I moved to. So I've been kind of trying to, anytime I can sneak away and kind of, you know, get a stool, a glass of water and my acoustic, and I'll just go out to the barn and I'll just kind of pick away. Um, a lot of my like philosophy and practices for writing are let me just grab the guitar and see what comes out. I'm going to sit down at least yeah. for 20 minutes and just kind of see what happens. And sometimes the magic happens. Other times it's like, huh, never played those three chords before. You <laughs> or, know? Again. So, or again, <laughs> you know what I'll do? I'll capo. That'll be fun. <laughs> Put it on the three. Let's change the key up uh, three half steps. So that's kind of been my music world of just like kind of, re going over those songs that I wrote about a year ago and um, did a rough demo of just to kind of like relive them a little bit. Cause it's still kind of fun having a finished song to play, even if it's outside oh, yeah. in a barn and then just kind of like, all right, staying in this zone cause it's conceptual and everything. Let's see if I can get something else. Nope, not today. But then other days it's like, Oh, break out the pen, yeah. you know? Um, so that's kind of, um, it's kind of been my musical world. It's been a little slow on that side because of guitar pedals and stuff we've been working on, but um, kind of slow and steady because it's not a, a main thing for a lot of us, but it's something that we're really passionate about and we have a lot of fun. So we kind of treat it as like, you know, a side hustle, even if we're never like officially going out to do anything with it. You know, yeah. we talk about that all the time. The, the way that uh, music comes to us and, you know, I've, I've mentioned many times uh, in, in in this segment where, you know, I mean, it can be like right before you're done and you're disgusted. You're like, man, I didn't get anything out of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time, uh, <laughs> I had a very unsuccessful session and was getting ready to put the guitar down and my fingers accidentally raked uh, this, this like noise. And I was like, 
well, that was interesting. And then I put the guitar bag on and made a song out of it. And I was like, I can't believe that almost didn't happen. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Isn't that cool? How that stuff happens with it's, it's fascinating stuff. I like Happy mistakes. I, I like when it's at a weird time. The other day, Jordan and I were wrapping up in the shop. It was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Um, and before we were leaving, I was like, I'm going to plug in my guitar because I'm playing electric. And I plugged into the Flint, which was on my four on the floor, my favorite pedal. Mm-hmm. And it has a dry out and a wet out. And in the wet out, it'll, you'll only obviously get the wet. I put it through the pog for an octave down, did two amps so i had a just wet octave down then i had the regular flint reverb and i was like "Ooh, oh no i have to leave in a minute oh no this sounds really cool and i'm kind of starting to do something i've never done before but i have to leave but i can't leave you know <laughs> i like i gotta kind of play through this and it's making me play something i haven't really played before or a style i'm like oh crap i'm gonna be late yeah <laughs> you know just but it's like you kind of have to be true to yourself as a person and somebody that tries to create stuff to be like you know what i'm just gonna I'm going to have to do this. You kind of have to go through that motion. You just made me think of something um, that you should have a pedal called the Car Wash Ottawa. <laughs> I'm an idiot, though. but that was. <laughs> oh, boy. Please. <laughs> just make one. Oh man, I'm stupid. (laughs) We're gonna our whole marketing campaign will be for like Ben Affleck to do it. (laughs) Oh man. Oh golly. I don't know why that was so funny to me. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Jordan, please Uh, go. Absolutely. Go. (laughs) So lately I've been trying to revive some old uh, demos that I've been putting together in my little studio at home. I tend to kind of get pulled in a bunch of different directions as we all do. Um, And it's sometimes hard to find time to really give, you know, these songs some of the the time that it needs and deserves. So I've been trying to pull these together and working on some recording stuff. Um, retracking some guitars and going back and it's always funny going back to like old demos you've done like even within a year you know sometimes you go back and you're like oh my god i would totally do that different you know so it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of always trying to figure out what's going to be fresh and what you're going to be happy with um but i've been doing a lot of that and i've been doing a lot of drum programming at home Mm -hmm. um unfortunately i don't have a, a real kit at home but i have i've been really getting into that new um get good drums from the guys at uh the periphery guys Mm. and um those samples are just really really great for what i'm trying to do um so it's good i got that hooked up to my electric kit and just figuring out like the the mappings and the the different channels for that stuff um just trying to make some better demos stuff like that and um doing a lot of tracking um there seems to be an awful lot of that right now where uh are the more more and more i see People doing uh, electronic drums with the with um, or sequencers with pedals and stuff. Um, I mean, I know it's not new and it's not novel. It's it's been going on a long time, but it just seems the frequency of those posts are so much more. Maybe even in the last couple months. I don't and. Maybe I'm just getting hit with an algorithm. I'm not really sure. But. <laughs> I know. I, I think you're totally right. I mean, within the past, like 
easily a year to two years. It's always just like there's so many prog guys doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see a ton of that. And I almost seem cliche in a way, but you know, some of the things that I'm doing is, you know, the drum samples that they provide is um it, they're really they're really really great and I think they were recorded very well you know so if it, there's anything you can use to speed up the creative process I'm definitely a fan of it mm-hmm. um obviously you know I'd definitely love to get in a in a real studio and do you know real drums when the time comes but yeah as as far as that you're totally right I feel like everybody on Instagram YouTube it's always they're programming drums um, I think just because it's a it's an it's an accessible way to get your ideas out, you mm-hmm. know, without mm-hmm. and you know decent sounds without necessarily having to go to this crazy studio with you know an amazing room and you know engineer. You know, it's it's easy for somebody to make a decent demo on a laptop now, and it you know it has been yeah. obviously for years. But you know, I think I'm I'm definitely an advocate for somebody or for anybody that's trying to speed up the creative process and however they need to get there. You know, all power to them. You know, use the tools that you need to do. Absolutely. You know, uh, if I may um, take a, a side alley really quick here, you you brought up something which, uh, you know, the the drums, the drum beats, right? Um, I like watching a lot of the drum stuff that comes on uh, Instagram. Um, I'm a huge fan of our, you know, my own drummer, so I like drums, and uh, when. It, it, they had a something that came out recently that was called um is like dead drums right and dead drums is just muffled drums you know drums with like a, like a, a fabric pad on it um, which is kind of more common in like you know funk kind of beats and like uh, I guess you could say maybe some like Motown sounds a little bit um, and but now it's like hey here's all the dead drums. Um, tones in a box, right? And it made me think about when when you have certain things that come out in audio, and then sure enough, like six months later, now we've got you know this huge trend of all these songs going to have dead drums in it. So then, you know, twenty twenty one is the year of like all the songs have dead drums in it. You know. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's kind of a trip how that stuff works. Like when reverb like really blew through the roof, everything's got like massive reverb on it, right? Yeah, it wasn't oh, yeah. like that before. You no, know, totally. Yeah. I mean, people catch on and then all of a sudden their stuff is ambient, you know, like ridiculous amounts yeah. of it. You know? Um yeah, no, I to- I totally agree with you. That's that's a great point. It's interesting, and and if you're the person who this was actually one of our four on the floors uh, recently, which is uh, you know if you if you're the one who comes out with that pedal that basically puts a little blip in the music timeline of life, you know that you caused that blip. How special is that? Or you oh, know, super, yeah, amazing. Yeah, who knows? Maybe you know, maybe. I'm just saying. Um, so, you uh, the natural, the natural order. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jared, how about yourself? Glad you asked. <laughs> so finally, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so today I learned how to, uh, send a big giant box of pickups to Finland. Well, basically I learned how to send, a big giant box out uh, international. And it was a big pain in the butt. Um, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm used to just sending a few sets at a time out with mail, and it's really easy, and I've been doing it for over a decade, but it's the first time I sent a big box out UPS. So uh, got the big box last week, all ready to go. Are we talking about um, like a wood crate or just a large? It's just a large cardboard box, about 40 pounds, mm. full of pickups. I mean, tons of pickups. Uh, it was a, it's a distributor in Finland. So they sent, they send me the, uh, I tell them the, the box dimensions and the weight. They send me the, the label to stick on it. And then I have to fill out this SED form. And she said, well, I'm working on it right now and I'll send it to you. And then you can, I'm like, okay, great. Well, maybe I thought, well, I'll just take the box and the label to the store now and, They'll print out an SED form, and I'll just fill it out and send it. Well, no, um, that didn't work. The lady's like, no, you have to get her SED form. And so I left with the big, giant, heavy box, brought it home, waited around a week for the form to be sent. I got the form, so I I grabbed a couple copies of the form. I had to have four copies of the invoice. Um it's just a pain. And I grabbed everything, went back out to UPS. And then I started to fill out the SED where I'm supposed to, you know, three three boxes where she wanted me to file. And it wanted it wanted my IEN number. So those of you who don't know, that's your that's your tax small business number. That's your tax ID number, your biz for your business. So I'm like, oh my God, I get I gotta go back home and get this number. So <laughs> There's there's trip number two down the drain, right? I was just I'm like I'm leaving everything else here, and the guy's like, yeah, okay. I'm getting pissed. So the guy's like, yeah, okay, that's cool, that's cool. So I went, came back, and got the forms, and then I filled the forms out on the computer. Thought I'd be slick Rick and and not have to handwrite it all out. So I pressed print, and all three forms came out with nothing on the form where I'd filled oh, it out. Man. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I'm screwed. I can't win. I can't win. So I, I went ahead and wrote everything out on all three forms, went back to UPS and finally got it out, out the door. And man, did I feel good when that was all done. And now it's going to be, you know, a one trip. Cause I know how to, it's a pain. I know how to do it, but Gosh, I, man, I think I, next time they see you pull up, they're going to flip the clothes sign on you real quick. I know, I know, <laughs> man. I yelled at us. I'm an impatient dude, man, and and I had to. It took me three times to get it right, and they give you this pouch, and you put the whole book of paperwork in the pouch on the box, mm. you know. But um, a cool thing that's that's happening now, though, is I decided to do a little show of my own called. Rewind time with Brandon Wound pickups, and uh, look out for the first episode. It's on uh, VHS. Real, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and if you know the patrons get uh, Blu-ray copies. <laughs> no. A laser disc. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll put it on YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so I'm gonna try to get the first episode out. Um. Around the time that this episode airs. That's so fantastic, man. Yeah, Congratulations. Just a, thanks. Just a little show. It's not going to be all super awesome like this, but it's just <laughs> it's a little <laughs> way a to little sell show. it. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, listen, I, I, you know, it's, 
I'm not going to spend three days editing the thing, you know? Yeah. So, it's just going to be my fat face and showing you guys pickups and showing you <laughs> before and after. It's going to be great. All right. I it's can't wait to fun. see it. Yep. I'll talk to you like you're like you were there and it'll be weird because you won't respond. That's right. Oh boy. Well, thanks for sharing all that stuff with us, Jared. Uh, as for how about you, Todd? Me. Uh, I was checking out the, uh, the Goodwood audio audition mm. oh, this yeah. week. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this because, uh, you know, um, what we do on the show, we get, we, talk to people and they send bell and they're like, hey, okay, well, let's plug this in. Well, um, it would be nice. It, usually I, I have to unplug my board to work that in so that I can go, what does it really sound like? First of all, with my own sound and, and the sound that I play like, you know, normally in my band, um, I will also always just play them by themselves and, you know, try some other stuff. But you know, anytime I have to dig into the to the board, is anybody who's got a pedal board, it's like, you know, rather not have to do that. And this is something that would allow me to not necessarily have to do that, which is kind of cool. So I don't know how familiar you guys are with that. Um, uh, Alex, Jordan, you guys familiar with Goodwood Audio? Yeah, I think they're from uh, originally from Australia, and then they recently moved here to the States. That's correct. Uh, that is correct, and I believe their prices are better now. Yeah, I, as a I, result, <laughs> I don't know if I heard this or I was just making it up, but I feel like if a majority, because I feel like we're like a lot of countries and places have like the boutique world, but I feel like the USA is very predominant in it. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong on that, but I'm wondering if they were selling so much to America and if they had any ties here. And I think they moved to like the Nashville area. Which Probably I'm, that's where everybody if, goes. If, when, uh, yeah, I guess when in doubt, if you're gonna uproot and transplant, that's the way to go. But yeah, they make a lot of cool stuff. Mostly like when I think of them, I think of like their junction boxes, yeah, utility, utility. stuff, their cables, their really cool setups, nice and clean wiring and stuff like that. Yep. Um, similar to what um not the drinking John Snyder, but John <laughs> Snyder from uh, Creation Music does. Right. And not to imply that John Schneider, the has a, not, not, a, not has not a drinking a, problem. <laughs> no, not the is a drinking game John Schneider, but uh, is that Creation Music John Schneider? Because they right. are different. I don't think you've actually ever had both of them. We know both of them, and I talked to both of them. The John that's from our area more, obviously. Right. I don't think we've ever had him at the same time. They might be the same person. Ooh. We just don't know. Just at NAMM, you can see both. Like Santa yeah, and know. Satan. Yeah, something like that. Um, huh. Well, interesting. Yeah. Uh, cool company. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if, you, if you're trying to solve some of your, I guess, you know, some of your needs, if, you know, pedal board related, and you're like, I wish I could make this do this and go around this way and come out in two different things or whatever, that is a good company to check out. So I'm going to look at it a little bit more and maybe... Uh, Maybe check them. Maybe maybe get them. Maybe I'll get them on the show. Get them. Um, all right. Well, that was a lot of fun. How about this? One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Jared. Yes? Okay, quick. Tell me three awesome things about Tour Gear Design's patch cables. Number one, they are small. Number two, there is no pedal configuration that they do not fit. Number three, they are extremely durable and very, very 
very, de- <laughs> they're they're very dependable. <laughs> yes. Right, Tony Baloney? I believe that is the case. Yeah, I have several of those. I have extra ones that I haven't used yet. I I bought several at a time because you know I knew I would want more. You're gonna need them. Uh, they're they're that great. Yeah. You're gonna need them. I did the same thing. I said, uh, okay, I need, I definitely need these, and I just got more. Um, actually, um, uh, a lot of our, a lot of the uh, friends out in the community are are uh, also jumping on that. So, uh, and if you do decide to jump on that, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to tourgeardesigns.com forward slash discount forward slash the guitar knobs, you will receive 10% off your entire order. It's worth it. It absolutely is. Did did they ever use my idea of calling them crepe cables instead of pancake cables? I seriously Ah. doubt it. Mm. (laughs) I think they went with German pancake. Um, (laughs) No, that's very. That would be much thicker. (laughs) Um, Okay, so with that, thank you, Tour Gear Designs, for making such an awesome product and for sponsoring the four on the floor. Jordan Collins of Copper Sound Pedals. Bestow upon us your fourth on the floreth. All right. First, I'm going to have to go with the Horizon Devices Precision Ooh. Drive. Um, this is a collaboration, I believe, with Horizon Devices from uh, or Misha from Periphery and the guys at MXR. Nice. So it's a. I'm assuming everybody knows what it is, but it's um essentially a really really cool drive pedal with a couple different voicings um, and a built-in gate which um, i tend to use a lot in my playing um, really love that pedal now uh, can i oh, ask you yes how many amplifiers do you have so that you oh. would use that pedal with that's why i'm and the reason i'm asking is um with the voicing does that come in handy when you use different amps I think it actually tends to come in more or it's more useful when you're playing different styles. So I actually, I only have a couple different amps right now. Um, I have the Fender uh, Bass Breaker 15 head and I'm running that into a PV212. Um, and I tend to use the the furthest to the right uh, setting on the precision drive as far as the voicing for like for lighter gain stuff. I feel like it takes away some of the high end um, and the mm. harshness. You know, if you're staying away from the bridge pickup, stuff like that. Um, but I use it actually right in front of my main my main distortion pedal. Um, and my next four on the floor would be the Diesel VH4. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been a fan of that head. I just, I could never afford it. But I checked out a couple demos um, a few years ago. And I was really blown away, um, especially with the deep knob that they have on that. Um, I definitely feel like for the style of music that I like to play as far as like the heavier stuff, I do like a certain amount of low end. Um, Obviously nothing like to muddy up a mix or anything like that, but I definitely feel like it adds a a nice characteristic to some of the staccato stuff that I'll tend to play um, Mm. on the lower string. So I definitely love that. So I'd say the, the, the precision drive into the VH4 is kind of like my main, um, distortion sound or like, you know, heavier sound for like soloing and stuff like that. Um, which brings me to my next one. Um, I would go with the Keeley Loomer pedal. So it's that pedal that has the reverb and the fuzz built in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use the fuzz side. It's a great sounding fuzz. Um, never been a super big fuzz guy. Um, but the reverb side is is amazing for what I tend to use it for. I can't really even describe in detail what it's doing. It adds this characteristic to my tone that I really, really like. It doesn't stay in the way, but I leave the mix down probably, like I probably leave the mix at like 2% or, or maybe two on the dial, I would say. And it adds like this nice reverb that doesn't get in your way, but it's almost like a, a really long decay in the background that kind of just fills in space. Oh, that's nice. Um, mm. So. I, I really like that, especially if I'm um, just using that for clean. Um, it's it's kind of my version of the Flint. Um, I've recently fallen in love with that here at the shop, um, but I had this before I, um, you know, kind of got into that. So definitely love that. You bring up a good point though with uh, with uh, reverb because um, it's. Uh, it's weird, you I, you know. You're talking about some staccato stuff, so I'm assuming you're you know you're playing a little bit stuff with a little bit more attack to it, right? Sure. Um, and in some of the stuff that I per- personally play, it's got a little bit more of attack, not not like galloping chuggy stuff, um, but just it needs to have bite. And sometimes, if you have, uh, if, you know, I might want some some of the extra character that reverb or delay can provide, but I, I, I can't have it be washing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it can't overtake what you're trying to do. It's exactly kind of like kind of sit in the back seat and, you know, just kind of enhance it a little bit, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not taking the lead. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, for clean stuff, if you're playing, you know, ambient or texture stuff, you know, this pedal can do that as well, which, you know, is, is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, that thing will. It's like it's just like a wall of reverb once you turn it up, and you do lose some note attack. But if you're going for like pad kind of stuff, mm-hmm. especially for like overdubbing, recording wise, like if you have a really big chorus and you want to make it jump, like, you know, I'll record a couple tracks of just like the pad ambient. You take the attack out of the initial note, mm-hmm. and it just adds this kind of not strings but it's almost like a like a kind of like a nice pad in the back it, it just enhances can, can the Can you explain track. pad to the anybody who might not understand it? Yeah, so I think the best way I can describe pad is it's it's enhancing the chords or the notes that you're playing in the background but not overtaking them. So for example, if you have like a choir or um, a string section that's accompanying the main focus point of a song Mm -hmm. it's just adding that nice texture in the back to emphasize certain elements of the track or the the section of the song it's not it's just it's adding this nice little texture gotcha Um, Gotcha. it's it's kind of supporting the main element of the of the song or the section where does that term come from do you know i'm actually not too sure um i know that there's a ton of plugins and stuff that you can get in a daw where you know everybody says, you know, it's just like a choir pad type thing, but I actually don't know. Well, someone tell us, because uh, I don't know either. <laughs> my, guess, my guess is keyboard for some reason. I want to yeah. guess keyboard. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. When I was playing with my dad and my brother years ago, my brother played piano and keyboard and he said, I'll just, I'll just pad this song. And I didn't know what he meant. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, just kind of add a layer or whatever. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily just the keyboard thing, or I. It. I think it's just mm. to the effect of 
a layering. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way I kind of look at it. It's funny. I can't really <laughs> describe the, you know, the place where it came from, but it's kind of the term I always use to, to describe that pedal. It's just kind of adding like this pad type. It's pad tie. It's pad tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it, I looked it up. It says passive attenuation device. That's not it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Anyways, okay. So please continues. Okay. And last one. I'm going to have to go with the Walrus Audio ARP 87 delay. Mm. Okay. Absolutely love this thing. Um, I had a couple different delays that that didn't have tap before um you know so i definitely wanted to try this out now obviously tap isn't like you know crazy unattainable in the delay world but um i really like the momentary um function that's on the bypass switch so if you hold it for you know maybe a half a second or so and then just let go you know it's it's in and it's out um, and you can turn trails on or off, I believe. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I really, really love about this delay is the lo-fi delay mode on it. Um, I think they absolutely nailed that with whatever they did with that. It's it's so great for textures. Again, I'll go back to the word textures. Um, and it's one of those delays that I just I really could not live without. I've had a bunch of them before. Um, but I think with all of the modes combined with all the different settings and different things you can do with that pedal, I think it's very very well built and i think they killed it awesome i love when you can, when you're able to say i can't I, I just can't imagine playing without this particular thing whatever that is that's a nice yeah. feeling oh totally yeah it's you know that's kind of why it made this list it's just it's one of my go-tos you know if i had to build a mini board that's probably what the board would be mm-hmm. you know um and that's definitely one of the things i can't live without so i think the loomer would cover my reverb and that's just my my go-to delay as mm-hmm. far as that stuff it's it's great awesome nice. props nice. to walrus well that's uh four meant- new ones i don't think we've had any of those on there J- tony mm-hmm. can you recall any i don't think so no i'm pretty sure not um, it'll be fun to, uh, you know, towards, I guess maybe the, the end of the year time or whatever, or maybe even, I guess next spring when we would hit our five to go, uh, five year to go through and say, well, what was all new this year? And, you know, it's, a, it's, it's always so interesting to me. Uh, Definitely, yeah, it'd be cool to tally them up and kind of see which ones made the cut and yeah, well, we, we did a whole thing where, and, and uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember what number episode it is, but we literally had a show all about the four on the floor tally, and mm. somebody decided on the internet. They said, "Hey, you, you've got all this information. If you give it to me, I will. I will turn it into a spreadsheet." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Fantastic!" So we made, we made an episode out of that, and awesome. uh, that That's was awesome. that was pretty. It was it was very interesting because oh, I yeah. don't think it's not it's not what we expected. And we do the show. I know all <laughs> these pedals, right? But uh, I I guess I wasn't expecting some of that. It was a little flatter than you might think. But uh, there were some very obvious standouts. But um, yeah, I would encourage you now with with new YouTubes, you can go back and listen to that. So that's right. Or Spotify or whatever you want. So uh, thank you so much, Jordan, for. Uh, uh, for doing that for us. And if you That's don't mind, one. thank you. We've got, uh, I just want to set before we go into the big, the big meaty stuff here. Number one, I need to find out, I need to say a big fat thanks to John Finnell. John Finnell, 
Com, uh, and RelayRecording.com, uh, where our studio here is currently located uh, for providing th- this for us, um, you know, at a, at a cost, but providing it nonetheless. Um, John is a fantastic manipulator of guitar tone. Um, and I can attribute this from, from doing it myself with him. Uh, and you can listen to that on the Valentinos. Shameless plug. Okay. So if you want to get some awesome guitar tone recorded or find out how you might even want to be able to do that on your own, if you can't make it this way or whatever, check them out. Johnfiddle.com, uh, relay recording.com. And he did a really awesome interview, uh, interview with us on an episode that we talked about. Uh, so you're going to record, you're going to the recording studio, something like that, 101. <laughs> it's on there. We've done a lot of these shows. I can't remember every single title, everybody. Okay, so that was point number one. Point number two, uh, Alex and Jordan, will you please please distinguish what your roles are at Copper Sound? Um, yeah, so my main role, this is. I would say, the, this is Alex, so when I'm not um, forgetting my name before speaking, uh, usually um, I'll handle primarily the designs of um, of the pedals. Um, I handle the custom shop stuff, which is you know our uh, pickguard series, which consists of Broadway and Strategy, where we match uh, people's uh, strats and tellies to our pickguard series. Uh, One-off stuff like that. I handle all of the supplier details i handle all of the shipping the freight forwarding um and generally like the breadboarding the designing of the stuff um it's definitely a democracy and like a group effort in here but i'll usually bring those forward i'll also work on the um circuit boards so i do the circuit board layouts um and a lot of the hardware aspects of uh the pedal so essentially anything that uh, has to do with you know knobs, switches, jack locations, placement, stuff like that. And um, I'll work on that stuff directly with Jordan as well. Cool. Jordan? Yes. So this is Jordan. <laughs> um, I handle all of the graphic and digital design for Copper Sound. Um, so I'll do all of the, the graphics for our pedals, um, the layouts for coordinates um, that I work on with Alex as far as getting all the components to line up. Um, I do all the marketing and help him with some of the social media and stuff like that. Um, So kind of him and I, we put our heads together and we do the designs for all the pedals um, and kind of stuff like that for uh, website stuff, all the, all the digital aspects. That's what I'll handle website. Okay, so we have Copper Sound pedals uh, on the show again, and it was this was a special request. Uh, we would have them on anyways, but it <laughs> just so happens that uh, they've got some pretty big news that they uh, they wanted to share, uh, and uh, we are very excited to uh, you know help make that happen. So, gentlemen, so. To introduce our new pedal, it's called the Third Man Triple Graph, and it is a digital octave pedal um, designed by ourselves here at Copper Sound and Jack White and Third Man Records. So a couple years ago, we were in Nashville for our first NAMM show, 
and we were kind of packing up everything in the shop. It was one of the last days before we headed down there and started our drive. And Alex had mentioned that, you know, we'd probably stop at third man and he kind of, you know, started to make a plan for us as far as what would be our first couple days there. Um, so this is an entirely new experience for us. It was our first show as a company. And he mentioned third man. We kind of got to talking about it and I suggested, Hey, well, if we're going to stop by there, we should bring Jack, one of our telegraph stutter pedals just as a gift. You know, I thought that would be really cool with his aesthetic and, you know, kind of everything the third man is with their, aesthetic essentially. And he said, yeah, that sounds great. Um, but we have to make it yellow. So we ended up driving down to Nashville and we dropped off the telegraph stutter at third man records. And at that point, I think we all just thought it would be a really cool gift. Um, kind of up Jack's alley, you know, he can use it to, you know, use it as it is just a, a simple kill switch. And then that was really it. We went to the NAM show and set up our booth and decided to proceed with the show, um, just kind of showing everybody our gadgets and our, our new devices. And I believe it was on the second day of NAM. I think it was maybe about 45 minutes into the show. We get a phone call on the company line and it went to voicemail. And it was Mr. Ben Swank of Third Man Records. He's one of the co-owners along with Jack and his cousin Ben Blackwell. Essentially saying he himself and Jack had received the pedal that we had dropped off. And they would like to meet with us to go over an idea if we were interested. And it's kind of at that moment where myself along with Alex were kind of losing it as far as <laughs> trying to maintain our composure. Um, mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, Jack White is Alex's favorite artist. Um, so I thought you were going to say in the white stripes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who don't. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this, we got this phone call. We were trying to frantically run around to get Wi-Fi because Nam is always crazy with, you know, service and stuff like that. And I mean, this was, our first NAM show, we had just picked up our banner at Staples. <laughs> We're a very young company, wow. you know, with our small table. And, you know, we just had our, our couple devices there with, you know, some business cards talking to the people on the floor. And um, we end up getting, you know, this voicemail from them. So eventually they made their way into the NAM show. Um, Mr. Ben Swank and uh, Jenna, his um, associate. And they pulled out a piece of paper with our telegraph stutter on it, the one that we dropped off, a mocked-up version with three telegraph keys on the top. Um, it was a bigger enclosure to f make room for those keys. Can, can you, before you go into like the all three, can you explain what the telegraph stutter is? Because it is arguably one of the most unique pedals on the market, period. Sure. So the telegraph stutter is our momentary kill switch pedal. Um, essentially, it's an on and off switch that you can rapidly cut off with your hand. Um, and it it sends your signal to ground almost like a Les Paul switch. Or your foot. Um, so it immediately cuts off your signal when pressed down or using the polarity switch on some of them. Um, it reverses the signal. So signal is only let through when the key is pressed down. 
So it's almost just a, it's essentially the opposite. Um, and it features an old school Morse code telegraph key on the top of the pedal enclosure. So you can use it to chop up your signal like a, a really hard tremolo, or you can use it as a tap tempo. Um, plug it into any pedal that takes tap tempo and you can tap the tempo in with the key. So Mr. Ben Swank had come here with a drawing of that gift that we dropped off for Jack in yellow. And he said, hey, so Jack was wondering if you guys would like to make a custom thing for him and Third Man Records. And it would be basically a pedal with three telegraph keys on it, like our telegraph stutter. Uh, one of the keys would do octave up. The other key on the far left would do octave down. And the other key in the middle would be our regular momentary kill switch, as the telegraph stutter already is. And I believe Alex's words were, it's going to be a lot of work, but we want to do the work. Awesome. So at that point, the idea for the triple graph was born. And for the next four years, our lives kind of changed completely as far as what we kind of did from a daily basis, uh, what we thought we were capable of doing, you know, as such a small company. Um, and yeah, at that point, like I said, the next four years were kind of consumed by this project. And um, at this point, we would, we're very happy to say that it's um, going to be available uh, very soon through Jack White's Third Man Records. That's fantastic. That it's it's a great story, especially when you're holding like it, knowing that story while holding the pedal, going, "Wow, this is really something special." Um, we have the privilege of of uh, trying one out, and um, this is a pretty remarkable pedal at. If nothing else, <laughs> you just stand there for a few minutes and you kind of look at it and you say, I mean, this is borderline ridiculous, <laughs> but when, in the uh, most awesome way. <laughs> uh, I think what summed it up for me, and I've been referencing for a while, Todd, I had sent you one and a couple days later you called me, and this is the conversation for the listeners. <clears throat> the phone rings and I pick it up. Hey, Todd, what's up? Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, and that was I, the call verbatim. And I said, did you get the thing I sent you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I might've yelled it over the phone. I, <laughs> you kind of assaulted me. I, 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 I kind of, I, I was hoping you would, you would take it in, in with, you know, good, good manner of, of jest. But uh, I was, I was out of my mind. I was thrilled. I pulled my kids downstairs. I'm like, you guys look at this bear play. I'm plugging in. Didn't stop making me play your pedals dead. You know, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I was going nuts. I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never heard anything like that. And, uh, I was uh, number one. I was thrilled to, uh, to, to be lucky enough to be considered, you know, to, 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 receive that and to get you guys on the show. I was mm -hmm. thrilled as a player that I was like, wow, here's something totally new, totally new that I am can immediately understand how I can use this. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we talk a lot about some pedals. It's like, I, I don't know if I can use this. It's not really my jam, but yeah. this particular one, I was like, wow, I can, I've already figured out where I can use this, how I can use this. And then third, I was truly ex 
excited, happy, and proud for you guys for this accomplishment. Thank, thank, thank you. you very much. We appreciate that. Absolutely. We're happy to uh, have you guys say, yes, send us a surprise thing. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So that is the setup for it. Now, I think there's a key there's a key element in there because right now you just said, oh, can you just make three telegraph stutters? Yeah. But then you, you worked in there like this is going to be a lot of work. Now, remember, everybody, he said this was four years ago. This is that's why this Todd is had a, hair when we started this. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, uh, no, he didn't. I'll edit that. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> um, I think, you know, we've, we have people on that we say, Hey, cool. You got a new pedal. This is really cool. Tell us all about your new pedal. Um, but this is, I think this is really special because, uh, not every pedal takes four years to to come to fruition. And with the backstory you have, it's just, it makes it that much bigger of, of an announcement. There's nothing like it on the market at all. Probably never will be after this either. Um, and, and not only from the aesthetic and the, the functionality and the mechanicalness of it, but the, what it actually does and, and the sounds and everything. So can we talk about how you guys came to some of the, some of the, um, the functionality on it? Yeah. So once we had that drawing from Ben Swank, essentially of kind of the idea the first thing we had to do was kind of get a proof of concept for it. Now, his original idea just had, it was an elongated, small handheld enclosure to have three telegraphs on it. It's a, for the people listening at home that can't see it, it's about the size of a TC Electronic uh, Flashback 4, or the Ditto 4, you know, a little bit of a, it's a hefty pedal. So what we then did for the features and aesthetic is obviously knowing Jack's brand, um, he's very into the aesthetics and stuff. He, he likes old time stuff, which is really cool. You know, I'm kind of in that boat as well. He's, you know, he's sailing faster than me, but, um, we had to keep that aesthetic. So when we had our telegraph keys, the first thing we did was we wanted to get a proof of concept. So we got the size enclosure that we actually have before you Todd, or the person watching at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had three of our keys laid out that was the easy part because we knew that we wanted it drawn out like that that's how they liked it we had an input and an output in the back and a power supply and we had the three keys and the first thing we did was like okay obviously we got to create octave up and down um i think we all knew that it's one of the hardest effects to create and reproduce in a clean manner but i don't think we knew it would be four years so for the first year from 2016 till summer of 2017 for the summer nam show we spent um time learning the fv1 platform because that was all we knew at the time and we essentially designed that in its software for those listening. Um, it's kind of, it's a program that is based off a reverb chip that you'll see a lot of great companies like Keely and old blood do platforms based off it, even chase bliss. And we started with that platform because it can do octave, but there's some limitations to it. And, um, those limitations being latency and modulation, especially in the highs. So we had done it because that's all we knew. So, we get to summer 2016, we got three keys, 
in and out in a power, and we've got um, the FB1 platform inside of there. We go down to Jack's um, hometown of Nashville, or adopted hometown of Nashville, and we have a meeting set up with him during NAM as well. So we're still there for NAM and everything. We're there for about a week. We go down, um, and we have our meeting with Jack. We get to go in his office. We get to meet him and everything. Really cool, cool time to be alive for us, if you will. Um I can't imagine how hard that must have been for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, I think he's eight foot seven, something like that. Like, uh, he's, a, he's a big guy. Um, so we get down there, and uh, we're hanging out with uh, hanging out with Ben and Ben and a few other folks at Third Man, and Jack is there as well. And we're bringing him, essentially, I made him a small little pedal board to put this on to be somewhat professional. And I brought that down there. And we're talking about stuff and he's playing the pedal. He has, he has a fender and his, uh, I think his Gretsch duo Sonic was uh, duo jet was there. Um, and he's playing through it and he's stepping down on the keys, which our telegraph, uh, stutter that Jordan mentioned previously is made out of plastic and thinner steel. And Jack's like six, four, you know, he, and he's stepping on this and we're like, Oh boy. It's that first moment of like looking through your hands. Uh-huh. Like, you, you don't want to like see something, but you do, or like the green stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so he's playing through it, you know, and then the first thing he says for his first two critiques are there's latency in the lows and there's modulation in the highs. And we're like, well, the guy with the ear that has like 12 Grammys outside heard the thing that we heard. Mm-hmm. So, Essentially, we went back to the drawing board after we kind of talked about some names. I think this is our, this is your name, right? Triple Graph ended up being uh, Jordan's name in the list of stuff. Yep, we had I we had a couple I, different ones. Couple different ones. I think we were trying to obviously integrate Telegraph in it. You know, I came up with Octograph, and I was trying to just combine Octave and Telegraph together, but it kind of sounded too much like eight of something. Yeah, or mm-hmm. Octopus, which um, which is usually works out because again, eight for the steps. Yeah. But yeah, I th- that's think probably we- better than Telepus. Yeah, <laughs> you know that, it, the Turpograph beat that one out just by a little bit, <laughs> just, by a hair. just by a hair. Yeah, yeah, I think we all we all agreed on Turpograph, and um, Jack liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, most important. But I think it was cool that we were able to, you know, co- come up come across a, a relatively easy name to pronounce that kind of, that kind of correlates to everything going on in that pedal. Mm-hmm. And his uh, his obsession with three mm-hmm. sure. people that. Don't know Jack uses three for a lot of things. Everything. Yeah, for pretty much everything. Um, but yeah, so that was summer 2017. And essentially we were coming home, not with our heads low, but we knew we had to go back to the drawing board because the spin platform could not handle what Jack was used to, which is playing. He has the first ever digital octave recording with uh, the POG from 2005 for uh, the opening track and Get Behind Me Satan, which is Blue Orchid. Mm-hmm. So he's he's used to having that you know high DSP octave. So we came back and we uh, essentially had to go to the drawing board. Um, we called out to a friend that worked at Western Digital over in uh, the Bay Area in California. Flew him out and essentially he started working on the code um, for octave. We walked him through what we needed to do um, about latency, all that type of stuff, and. He was essentially the guy that designed the code around this, which took a long time. I wish I knew the amount of hours. It might be the 70 or 80 hours of code and going back and forth on the phone with Jordan and I and emails and stuff like that. Um, 
so yeah, we flew him out here to do that and essentially kind of kick our butt into gear of what we needed to do. And luckily we had this contact that we were able to do, um, uh, hook up with. And that was kind of the next step was we got to make this thing sound really good. Mm. Um, good enough for, you know, the modern king of octave. Right. And so that was kind of the next step for that. You know, okay. going back to the, we had to go to the inside of the pedal first, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Because we thought the outside was going to be easy. Uh, that's a little foreshadowing here. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of brings us, while the inside is being worked on, we really had to step up our game as far as the the outside with the aesthetics and the, you know, the actual functionality of the telegraph keys. So, again, you know, having him step on these keys, they, were, they ended up bending a lot. You know, they... They're definitely not meant for foot use, you know, especially somebody or extensive foot use. Extensive, you know? yeah. You know, I would say somebody who's playing really intensive on stage, you know, you probably don't want to use this more than a couple times as far at the at the time. So, you know, flash forward about a year, we're still working on, you know, the the code and trying to make this, you know, an actual reality. And we got Jack a couple prototypes for the Raconteurs Help a Stranger tour. And we originally had a, he had a good prototype for the record. Yes. As well. Yeah, so they were, they were, they did a, an album in 2019, uh, help a stranger. So we got him a thing for, uh, end of 2019, yes. uh, end of 2018, 20, end of 2018. Yep. yep. So we got him a triple graph for the studio. And at that time, um, at this point we had kind of made all the graphics for the pedal. We wanted to go with a very easy, approachable layout where, you know, if you were on a stage and you didn't know which key was which, you know, you just see these big arrows. Um, for those of you who don't see the pedal right now, it's a very simple layout. Um, the left key has two arrows going down, representing octave down. Um, the middle key, which we can get into a little bit more, has two X's on it, representing our regular kill switch, and the key on the far right um, of the three keys uh, has the arrows going up representing octave up. And for those of you uh, trying to visualize it, you can kind of think of it as a piano where the lower notes will be with your left hand um, Mm -hmm. and higher with your right. So we had got Jack a triple graph for the studio and he used it on the record, which is really cool. Um, At this point we were, you know, kind of in the clear. We thought we were like, you know, this is fantastic. You know, we, um, (laughs) we thought we were in the clear. (laughs) How many years ago was this? So Uh, this is end of 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coming around probably like a little before Christmas. We got, I think we got it around like black Friday, 2018. Yeah. Something like that. So sorry, just to keep the timeline. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, so we get him into a triple graph for the studio. And, you know, I think we sent this off with high hopes. We're like, you know, this is great. He, he likes our octave so far, you know, and that's such a huge compliment for somebody who really uses octave a lot in their music and is known for it. So he sends the triple graph back to us after he uses it on the record. And there's definitely some problems. Um, the keys are bending like crazy after just a couple takes. Um, he's, finding that even like through mid song, he has to bend over and bend the arms back on the keys. And it's kind of a problem, you know, especially if he's going to be using it live. So what we really had to do at that point was develop our own proprietary hardware. And this is kind of where the chaos for the outside of the pedal started (laughs) as far as um, we thought the outside was going to be the easy part and the inside was going to be difficult. Yeah. So at that point we were like, all right, well, we, 
essentially have to make this jack proof. He <laughs> <laughs> was the best beta beta tester that we had. Yeah, absolutely. Literally couldn't get any, couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah. So first, we started with the arms, um, the telegraph arms. So we definitely figured out that those had to be thicker metal. Um, especially for somebody putting their body weight on it. We really wanted him to be able to beat the crap out of this and not have to worry about it bending. So we ended up getting the keys made out of aluminum, um, and we went back with a bunch of different engineered drawings that Alex and I had come up with, um, staying true to our old telegraph key or our current telegraph key that we had at the time. Um, We wanted to keep the aesthetic as much as possible, um, but we knew that we had to really, really make this buff um, and very, very durable for the road, you know, and studio, obviously. So we had that manufactured, came back with a couple revisions, and then we worked on the base, which is the element of the telegraph or the triplegraph that holds the actual arm in place, um, along with the cradle. And I believe this is steel. The bases. Um, so the bases and the button, the part of the device that is um, anodized black, those are both uh, machined out of aluminum, whereas the cradle and the arm, I believe, are stainless steel and then rolled, if I'm correct on that. Yes, that's correct. I think so. there's been so many manufacturers and figuring stuff out. But yeah, it's primarily out of aluminum and stainless steel. All I the can't hard- even imagine how you yeah. go about going, hmm, I need to reproduce a modern <laughs> version of a telegraph that is indestructible. Well, I, is, I, how do well, you even do that? It's like Jordan mentioned, we wanted obviously a big part of this is to keep aesthetics. So we wanted to keep the aesthetic with, you know, having the button for your hand mm-hmm. uh, for fingers, but also being able to be used with your feet. Um, keeping like he mentioned the base hardware, a cradle. But what we had to do was um, Jordan. And I essentially had to teach ourselves to be really bad engineers, like really amateur engineers when it comes to drawing and getting out the calipers and getting down to the, the millimeter of distances between stuff. And Jordan would digitally render a design mock-up and then we would have we found some we found two local manufacturers that make the whole part of the telegraph minus the hardware which we have someone outside of here um make that um but what we did was we'd have we'd get drawings back and jordan would download them like a one for one and he would literally put it over his template in illustrator and be like Oh, that's awesome. The holes at least line up. So if they do everything for a one-to-one, everything's going to line up. So we had to design the base, which is the large black rectangle, uh, the button, which is the spot that you would actually pl- press your hand or foot to um, turn this on and off. Then the arm, which would bring the button all the way up to the cradle, and the cradle, which would uh, hold it to the base. Now, one of the key things that Jordan mentioned, like, we have to make this for a dude that's very hard on his gear night after night, sweating into it, playing big venues, you know, touring all that type of stuff. He's a so wild man on stage. He is. He, we were fortunate enough that we got to see him about a year ago last week when they came through with their tour for a record. And yeah, he's, <laughs> he's no flower on stage. I'll tell you that. Like he's, he's going all over and it was nice to see the pedal actually really hold up on tour. You know, we got to go backstage, um, hang out with his, um, his tech, which actually grew up one town over from here, which was really interesting. Um, 
so yeah, we had to make like a jack proof quasi indestructible telegraph key. So we made that out of metal and, you know, we did stuff where it's locking mechanisms. Um, we did really strong or like tight tolerances. I'm not sure the right way to say it, but we were essentially designing stuff, measuring stuff, uh, going back and forth. We, at one point, Jack had a prototype for the road. It was the layout we mentioned. Um, we had two toggle switches on it so that um, he could actually turn the octaves on and just keep them on without pressing his foot down. And we had the arms that were just made out of like um, the regular thin metal and the plastic that our telegraph stutter comes in and he needed something stronger for the road so there was a point at which they had sent us two triples for the road because he had to have a backup one as well because he's testing it they sent us to like they had like a two-day break or whatever and we get an email or a call from um uh christina who's the main like product specialist there she she essentially works directly with us on um, everything related to this. And we essentially get a, I think it was a call or an email. It was like, Hey, we're going to send you the tour ones from his tech. They're going to send it to you guys and we need you to modify them and send them back to us the next day. <laughs> and so I get, I, I get this call from Jordan and I work <laughs> another part-time job in a warehouse and it's a Monday. It's always a Monday. I work only Monday and or Tuesday at this time I was working Monday and I get a call at noon. I'm on lunch break. I get a call. Hey, what's up? Yeah, they're going to send the two things back. They're coming in today, next day air. We have to fix them tonight and send them back tomorrow morning, which means we have to do it by four o'clock in the afternoon to make the next day cut off at my work. And not to mention the next couple shows, they're filming a DVD for three nights at the Rhyme. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. At this point. <laughs> so what we had to do at this point was a hodgepodge of uh, the regular traditional telegraph stutter that um, we've made a ton of. And we had to essentially modify that to have some of our hardware implemented um, kind of some of the old, some of the new, so that it would be strong enough for him to do it uh, live and not break. And I think at this point we had the cradle made, which was in its first version. Mm -hmm. We had not an arm done, I don't think, but we on the... Um, we have a really industrial vice in here and we would vice it down, make the best eye measurements possible. And we drilled a hole so that it could hold a button and a ferrule, which we'll get into, um, onto a foot switch. And we did that that night and then sent them back. And I had to open up the thing and inside of this pedal is not what the circuit board that you'll see in the book which we'll get to and all that type of stuff. This is a development board at this point still. It's a small little circuit board that you can use to develop, uh, use it as a platform to develop different sounds. And you can hear there's ins and outs and power and bus and all the type of stuff. You could upload a sound to it and audition that sound and see what you think of the sound. Oh, I like this. Let's change that. We would do that all the time for latency and frequencies and Hertz and all that type of stuff that is way above our heads that our designer is smarter than us for it. And we would grasp enough to talk to somebody that doesn't know, but really can't really talk to anybody in a conversation. And that development board, we put inside of that enclosure. And then I designed um, a network for Jack because he wanted to have a send and return which we can get into as well. And then I had to develop a, a small little power regulator. So there's three circuit boards in here. And 
to help visualize it, the development board is about the size of like your palm, if you will. A really small circuit board. It's all green traditional. It has ins and outs. And the ins and outs are 3.5 millimeter, which is people usually refer to it as like an eighth inch, like a headphone jack. So we had to get audio, not in a computer. We had to get audio going from a guitar into this development board through a regulator and this uh, buffer split network that I created. And we had to use a headphone jack and we'd have to cut it. We'd have to cut the wire of a headphone jack so that you could plug into this development board and then it would plug into the guitar IOs. <laughs> so literally the headphone jack I'm sitting here listening to you guys on, we had a couple of those we went out to stores. We found ones randomly around from like old computers and stuff and we cut them. I hooked up the meter to figure out which was the tip, which was the ring and which was the ground. And that's how we got Jack's guitar audio to go into that board and then come out with another headphone. We're going to CVS buying headphones just to cut the friggin' things. Yeah, like an old pair of like Bose computer speakers in here. At one point we went through like five headphone <laughs> jacks. I'm like, all right, well, wh- what you got in your car? Yep. <laughs> Literally. And Jack also needed two for the road just as a backup. And they were always needing some. It's like, well, every board we'd make for Jack before the PCB has to have two Sony headphone jacks that you'd listen to your Walkman in from 1999 and cut that in half. Wow. So we'd have to do that. But you know what? We, I got out of work at like 530, drove down here, and we worked on it till like 1 or 2 in the morning. And we, ne- next morning, finished it up until four o'clock in the afternoon, drove to my work, shipped it out. And then they did the Ryman. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a, it was a learning experience, a fun time, a character builder. It sucked, but it was also awesome. For anybody that has played anything on stage, which I would imagine are a pretty fair amount of our listeners, it, that is not the time to experiment. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> even even if you're just playing your local bar, you don't want to look like a turd on stage <laughs> because your gear doesn't work. And our guitar industry is littered with all kinds of things, doohickeys and gizmos that prevent mayhem from happening in your gear. So to purposely inject something that <laughs> is... More, that that has more probability of going berserk or haywire or completely failing no you know no fault of your own you're trying to you know you're you're concepting this on on the fly that says a lot about his trust in you guys to be able to do this yeah and you know the thing i mean jack likes to make stuff hard on himself he's like the opposite of most <laughs> people and the thing that you know, you might not realize, or, you know, I think we all grasp was he was while promoting an album that also had this pedal on it. And he uses actually on back catalog, like he'll do it on uh, steady as she goes and a couple other songs. Um, so he's touring a new record. That was the first time they did a record since 2008 while simultaneously touring like the world in our country for this record. He's technically testing out a product that he's been working on with us at this point for, two and a half years. So while doing that simultaneously, we're up here in Massachusetts and we're designing an engineering from the ground up hardware. So it's kind of like it, it kind of had to be that way. It's like, Hey, 
I need this because I recorded with it and I want to test it out because we want to sell it as a product that we are in the long haul for. And it's like, cool, we have new stuff. So we need to get it to you to try it out because we've developed this thing. We've developed that thing. We want to make sure it's cool. You know, at one point we actually had cabinet knobs on there from Lowe's. <laughs> no lie. That's in the, uh, yeah, not, yeah. It's in the book that we came to. Yeah. yeah. It, um, some of it the had to be done though. There. Yeah. You know, it had to be done because the other alternative was telling them that we can't do it. Yeah. We're not, and, and essentially that's we're not what we're going to do. <laughs> our, without you saying know. our credo is kind of don't say no to Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like, push mean, ourselves. He, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention the company, but there was a time when he had approached somebody else um, that they, he wanted to do a, a pedal with them. Um, you know, I think something similar to this and they had said no, that they don't do stuff like this. So I just want to kind of emphasize that, you know, the fact that he put this privilege on us and, you know, you know, he trusted us to do this. It kind of puts us in a position where we're going to do absolutely everything that we, we can in our power, you know, to, to make this work for him. And, you know, we're, we're so thankful that he trusted us to do so. So, you know, the least we can do on our end is really, really, you know, bust ass and try to do the best we can, you know, so that he can actually beta test this thing on the road. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was, it was super difficult some days, you know, because we're kind of like, like you said, we're kind of mid engine, like we're midway through engineering this thing on the fly while he's on the road. But, you know, it, it ended up working out for the best, which, you know, I think we're very lucky for. That's pretty remarkable. So, um, you know, this, it, I have to be honest, when I, f- when I first opened this up, I said, this is remarkable. Um, Am I, is this necessary? That was my first, the very first thing I was like, uh, this is one of those awesome things that is like, it's like a three wheel motorcycle, you know, or the, <laughs> with, the, with the two wheels in the front kind of thing. It's like, what, what, what is this? <laughs> um, but because I, I know how dedicated you are to your craft and how good your pedals are. And obviously Jack's involvement and the little bit of backstory that I had, I knew that this was going to be awesome. I didn't know how. One of the key things that that I locked when when I kind of went like, "Oh, hey now," it's so simple. It's just your momentary latch on there. Yes, that was later too. I, I had mentioned Todd and company that we had little toggle switches so Jack could lock it lock the octave in. Um, so in the studio, he wouldn't have to hold his foot, but yeah, the addition that you're mentioning for the listeners, there's toggle switches between the two, uh, between all three bases of telegraphs mm-hmm. and they're, um, essentially there's an up and a down position. And one of them is a momentary mode so that as you step on the pedal, you'll get the octave sound. And as you release, it'll go back to clean. What we did was we had that locking thing so Jack could turn it on and keep it on, but then the arm itself becomes useless. We didn't want to have part of a product that when you change a switch, something that's main becomes useless. Mm -hmm. So we ended up creating uh, a locking feature, which we call Loctive, because we're cheeky and silly. (laughs) And And they liked it, and that's fine. And it, it turns into what you're traditionally known in our world as just a, a latching on. So instead of having it momentary and when you release, it goes back to bypass. If you step on it once, 
you'll you get your effect on and you can go do your thing you step on it again it's off just like we're you know accustomed to in this world yeah that was a big thing because that that's when it kind of at least for me personally opened it up because I, I i locked down the the high octave and then kept the low as a momentary and that's when i was like whoa this is really cool because i can emphasize very subtle parts Without sure. just going like, oh, he's got an octave pedal on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I will also say that the octave that you have, I've tried several octaves, and sometimes octaves is just like, it's just too octavey. I don't know how to explain <laughs> that. You know, it's just it, it's too much of a of a circus thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like that. This was an incredibly usable sound that that uh, didn't turn uh, turn me into like I was playing for Funkadelic or you know something like that. It was just mm-hmm. it, it it was it was very rock friendly. It was just very usable. That was a key thing. And then your loop. Tell us about the loop. Yeah. So the the loop is a very cool feature that we kind of implemented in the last you know, kind of last stages of developing this project with him. Um, initially, Jack had reached out and was wondering if we could somehow put another effect with this pedal using the telegraph keys. Now, Alex can probably help me out on this, but I remember he was mentioning something about old switchboard operators and how people would be plugging in jacks to this wall of cables. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the operator. Like the operator. And I think we kind of all had a discussion, you know, if we have something that doesn't actually lock in with quarter inch jacks, that's going to get really messy for the live player. You know, you're not going to necessarily have extra cables laying around. So we ended up implementing this feature where with quarter inch jacks, just regular guitar cables, you can insert another pedal into the triple graph and control that momentarily with the middle key. Um, And we call that auxiliary mode or the loop, if you will. Mind blown. (laughs) So what this allows you to do, like I was saying, is you put the whatever desired effect you want into the loop. So if the key in the middle is in kill mode, it's just a regular kill switch and it removes your dry signal. Um, And that's correlated with the yellow LED um, that's in the top left of the pedal. If you are to go in the back and you switch it to auxiliary mode, um, we have a graphic on the back as well that kind of shows the correlation between that. Um, It will change to a red LED and then it will be in auxiliary mode. And what that will do is it will momentarily activate whatever effect is in the loop using the middle key. And you can use those simultaneously or in parallel with the other octave keys. So if you wanted to just put a fuzz in the loop, for example, you can use our octave down key on the left and the middle key. So you'll get whatever effect is in the loop plus an octave down. Um, and you can do that with the momentary or latching feature as well for the octave. Wicked. Absolutely wicked. Or, or think about if you've got like a fully oscillating delay in there and you just punch that in. What? <laughs> Yeah, it's fun to be able to interject something for a piece. Jack will usually use delay and octave down for like lead parts on something mm-hmm. or solo and then just be able to essentially walk away from his board and he's back to his re- his traditional sound yeah. that he was doing anyway. So being able to use, essentially it's like having a single true bypass looper, but just for a momentary burst of stuff. 
It will, and and in some way, it, this, to me, this unlocks a whole new world of the idea of momentary. Because right now, uh, as a guitar player, I can play long. I'm, I'm either leading the song, or I'm you know I'm, I have some major part in the song. But most of the accent work is is going to be done by like the drums, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like finding the little accent bits. I mean, Keith, Keith is, you know, a great accent tour, uh, but you can find when you can find those things, it's usually only happening on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Not, there's not a lot of really uh, convincing or non-intrusive ways to dip into an effect just for a blip. Right there. I'm not saying they're not there, but it's just, that's not as common of a practice. And this is a great way to be able to to do that, uh, from my perspective, anyways. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think I think one of the other things, kind of going off what you said about interjecting certain things, is some people might ask, well, why not just have three buttons, like three foot switches, on the top of a pedal? Like, why the telegraphs? And one of the things that we wanted to focus on when we were designing the hardware was that the ease of use for triggering these effects is very easy. You know, if the telegraph keys weren't there, you would not have an easy time kind of doing these in momentary bursts. And right. kind of what the telegraph keys do is they take all the pressure off of your foot and you really only have to tap it very lightly and you can get really fast speeds or you can, you know, obviously get as slow as you want. But as far as like interjecting certain things in songs, I think it's going to really open up a bunch of doors for people creatively. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like, you know, myself, I know we're talking about Jack here, but just kind of beta testing this myself, I've never really played anything momentary because, you know, I would either have to step on a pedal that didn't have a momentary feature, you know, really fast and try to do it that way. And then it wasn't really my thing, but because of the ease of use with these keys, it's very, very simple to get creative with certain patterns. And I think you're totally right as far as, you know, sometimes the drummer will accent these certain parts, but you know, with this, with this momentary feature, I, I hope people can kind of explore their creativity as far as, you know, opening up kind of new doors as far as, you know, having other effects and, you know, being able to turn them off at a, at a moment's notice or turn them on at a moment's notice. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point in time, if you're playing and the only way that you're able to accent a note or something or accent a moment in a song that may be even coinciding with, you know, a big, uh, you know, cymbal crash or something like that is like, oh, I'm going to do a big bend, you know, or something like that. It's like, well, you know, you do that about five times in two songs. It's like, well, that's already old. Right. <laughs> so, and and that's been the sound that we've been able to do for decades. So this is something that I immediately was saying, Oh joy, I can do this without it sounding comical or overwrought live. Unless I want to make it sound comical or overwrought. You can totally do that too. If you want. Yeah. We're actually, um, we're in here kind of testing out the final uh, batch before we deliver it. And we have the Flint kind of dimed and it's oh, really cool. Fun. It's really fun to just trigger that momentarily. You right. Know, right. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's really fun. It, it kind of makes momentary fun, at least for somebody um, like myself who, who had never really used it before, you know, that kind of aspect. And um, mm-hmm. 
obviously, you know, it's it's whatever effect you want. You can even put a whole pedal board in the loop if you wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go I might have to do that. <laughs> so I notice uh, you've got a yellow one and a black one. Why don't you talk about those? Yeah, so right from the get-go, um, <clears throat> in our first meeting, they had mentioned that Third Man, whenever they do a hardware, which is <clears throat> their um, umbrella for their pedals and stuff, um, so they would always do a limited edition one, which would be yellow, <clears throat> and they would do a black one, which would be standard. And the reason they do that is because that's how vinyl falls. It's always black for the standard and the limited edition stuff and mm-hmm. special releases are color. So they were like, we're going to do a colored one and we're going to do a black one for standard. We picked out all the colors and everything with Jack and them. And um, the main differences between these two um, are thusly the Standard edition is going to be a black enclosure with yellow and white print. It's got its uh, standard edition box. And inside of this also comes with a user manual. And it comes with a book about everything we kind of talked about. And it goes into detail um, that Jordan designed here, took pictures of the last four years. And the book itself is 130 pages. It's fantastic. I mean, it, it just the book. If it's the first thing when you open something up it, it, that is there, and there's a pedal underneath is this book, and you're uh-huh. wowed by that. I mean, that's an indication of what this pedal is going to be about. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of uh, illustrates our life for the last four years, from the start of dropping it off to Third Man, through the breadboard, through the hardware design, through the touring, all the way up to a commercial that they filmed and a picture of us in the blue room with him and uh, acknowledgments. Plus, there's fun little uh, there's hidden Morse code inside that book that you can use the decoder to find out uh, <laughs> messages that we didn't tell you about. Um, so that's what the standard package is. The limited edition is a yellow that Jack picked out, and it's going to have white and black print. Um, the difference in the enclosure, instead of having a screen print on the front heel where it would say the model, it actually has a badge that's been milled out of aluminum, uh, anodized black, and then machined out to have the name Triple Graph, the artwork that Jordan did with it, um, and then triple graph and Morse code. Plus it also has the serial number for the first 100 on that badge itself. So the first 100 are limited edition and it'll have that badge. Um, so with the limited edition yellow one, that'll also have a limited edition box, uh, which is a slight tweak and variation on the traditional one that Jordan designed. Um, it will also have the manual and the book as well. And the last thing it will have is a certificate of authenticity that's numbered and signed by Jack himself. Um, so that's again in the first 100 for the limited edition. Um, the standard price for the triple graph is $399. The limited edition is $449. And the limited edition is only available to the first 100 And from there, after that, there's no more. It's just going to be the standard. Too um, cool. Too so cool. There you go. There's the breakdown for you. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot stress enough how much fun this pedal is and i don't mean oh it's cool you get to tap on telegraphy things i mean <laughs> sonically this is a fantastically fun pedal to play with i was really truly 
blown away and I couldn't call Alex fast enough. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll say, Todd, that, I mean, I, I've played with a lot of octave pedals and over the years, and this one tracks better than anything I've ever messed with. And, uh, and my, my favorite thing was, uh, putting both in lockdown, playing it in the E and it's the end of a day in the life. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really pretty fantastic. So, uh, guys, I really appreciate that you you gave us the opportunity uh, to, uh, to play with it, to, to talk about this. I'm, I'm really thrilled with what you've done. I'm very, very happy for your accomplishment. Um, and to see what happens with this, Tony and I were talking about this and and Jared, we're, we're all like, I actually referenced this at the beginning of the show. It was like, this is one of those pedals, like, what is going to come out of this that we will begin to hear? Is there any kind of style or um, trend that we'll see as a result of this pedal? I think there's a a very high likelihood of that happening. We'll probably hear a little bit more octave now and then, but but it is... a better octave that is better octave. Yes, but but it isn't just about... Oh, I'm gonna punch in octave. Like we talked about all the extra stuff, and I just, there's so many possibilities. And if you are like us and you love the gear, and you know we can't help ourselves from from acquiring things that are beautiful, unique, and that we that that uh, fuel our passion. And this is absolutely in the trophy case of those types of things. So. We can't advocate it anymore, so we're gonna keep, we're gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I if I order one, can I get the kitchen cabinet knobs on mine? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's an upcharge for that. <laughs> uh, about yeah. two ninety seven a knob. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. We got to drive to load. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to motor on over to see what Jared's got in store for us, real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the show where I sing a little ditty like this. Would you rather? All right. Boy, that would, sound, that would sound good with an octave pedal. I think it would. <laughs> sound better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> or the <Better> kill switch. <laughs> or the kill switch. <laughs> no, we're kidding, Jared. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of man, this would you rather is from our main man, Levi Main. Man. <laughs> okay. Uh, this would you rather is from Levi Main, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, the year is 1999. So you're partying like it's 99, right? Yeah. And then the next day, you're walking down the street, and a guy appears and pulls you into a side door. You've been pulled into the B.B. King and Eric Clapton sessions for riding with the King album. What the heck? Right? But you're there. So, B.B. and Eric are tired of each other, and they need to jam. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, here's the would you rather, and it's a good question. Here's the would you rather. Do you play on the BB King rig? Are you going to play as, uh, you know, Lucille and all that good stuff? 
Or are you going to jam with B.B. King on Clapton stuff? So you're either going to play B.B. King stuff and jam with Clapton, or you're going to play Clapton stuff and jam with the King. <laughs> and I don't know what Clapton played on that album. I've, I've seen Clapton play Gibson ES 335s and Jazz Boxes, Les Paul's. 99 uh, would probably be pretty stratty, I would imagine. Yeah, I think Stratocaster, strat, yeah. the Strat Plus. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, yeah, he had those. Um, so what are you going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, Tony Baloney, why don't you uh, lead us off here? Mm. You know, from what I'm told, B.B. King used like super, super light strings, like eights maybe. Um, And I cannot play anything less than a 10 anymore. Um, So I I think I would, uh, I think I'd rather play Clapton's rig, especially if it was that Strat era. (laughs) (laughs) Just for you, Todd. Yeah. (laughs) I so think those were the noiseless pickups too. The those really nice noiseless pickups, and it also has a mid-range bump uh, yeah. built into it too. Yeah, yeah, the DBX switch or something like that. Yeah. No, it's a mid-range okay. bump. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought those pluses had the. I mean, you know what I'm talking TBX about? TBX tone that, stack in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing. I said <laughs> DBX. I meant TBX. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I think that's what I'm going to do. So so if I play Clapton's rig, I've got to play BB King songs, and if I play BB King songs, I've got to play Clapton songs. Is that right? BB King's rig, Clapton songs. Oh yeah, that's what I yeah what I said. Well, no, no, no. This is all this is all. Uh, I think this is all BB King songs. Okay, yeah. isn't it? So it's pretty easy. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, uh, I stick with my original choice of the Clapton rig. Yay. Okay. That's uh, what I'm doing. How about, uh, how about, let's go, Jared. Yes. So definitely going to play the Lucille. BB King can go take a break, you know, do whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play the Lucille and, and jam with Eric. And uh, I, I think it's just because of the guitar. I'm actually gonna switch the switches, and I'm gonna mess with all the, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some finger tapping on it, and I'm I'm gonna see if all the other, you know, strings and frets are feel brand new because you know he does play on one string and everything. So, will you play "Dust in the Wind" on it? I probably might. I don't know. I might. Yeah. Um. And for the for reference, this is uh, it's a black strat. White pick guard maple neck. Just just so we just so we all got that. Oh that that's that's what's his name's, yeah. Blackie. That's what's no? his name's, yes. Uh, Eric Clapton. <laughs> yes. That English dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I was talking about playing BB King stuff and, and you said strat and I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh let's hear from Jordan. I have to play Clapton's rig. Definitely Sim- I, I have to play Clapton's rig in this. Why? I'm such a strat guy. I'm I'm addicted to the strat. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could I don't think I could play the Lucille. I've yeah. not had good luck with that, especially you brought up a great point about the, the string gauge. I can't play eights. I'll end up I'll they'll just bend. Like I'll, I'll just play an That's open E point. and go sharp. <laughs> I can't do it. You press too hard on the frets and it just all goes sharp, yeah. 
Yeah, I, man, I, I couldn't do it. I think I totally got to go with the Strat. Okay. I go with Clapton's rig. Yay. I'm so anxious to hear what Alex says. <laughs> Somebody's Fair on enough. my island. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought everybody was going to pick Clapton's rig, but I was I was wrong. <laughs> um, Tony, a question for you before my answer. You, uh, I think the eight gauge is is somewhat throwing a wrench in the gear. Possibly, do you know what uh, Clapton happened to play? I thought Clapton always played heavier things. Right. Um, so I'm guessing nines or tens. The probably at least tens, maybe elevens. Yeah. In ninety nine, probably tens or elevens. Yeah, he's probably mm-hmm. gone down to eights now too. He's <laughs> <a little guy. laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm torn because I'm not a strat person, but I'm also not a light gauge person at all. I, I play elevens traditionally, ten at the lightest. So I, if that's the make or break, if we're gonna, we've all essentially answered as if it's definitely eights on the Lucille. I, th- I'll, I think that alone might be the break for me. And I, I think I'd have to go with the Clapton rig Yes, for that one. Yes. There we go. Because of the eights. If it wasn't for the eights, I'd go Lucille. Mm. Mm. You, you helped or ruined everybody here, Tony. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what do you, I, I, I think I know what Todd's going to pick. I think How we about all you, Todd? know. <laughs> yeah. but let's listen to I you. am. I'm definitely taking BB <laughs> Kings for two reasons. Number one, hey, number okay. one, I just I'm not uh, I'm not even gonna say because I do not need <laughs> rocks thrown at me right now. I let's just say I, I think I'd rather hear Clapton, um, and I and I totally don't want to play the Strat. So that one's <laughs> really easy for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I want I, I think it would be pr- pretty fantastic to just sit there and you know watch him do his thing and you know of course add my awesome stylings of course uh-huh. but uh yeah there there you go well excellent excellent have, question yes jerry I, I, a quick clapton story uh he bought his in-laws a house um a few houses down from my aunt and uncle's summer home in ohio and he he drove his woody from california my my aunt's sister uh, which is not my aunt, obviously. Uh, she said, hey, Eric. Or he didn't say, hey, Eric. He said, hey, <laughs> did you drive that Woody all the way from California? Because it had California plates on it. And she didn't know who the guy was. And uh, he was just looking at her funny. She thought, you know, she was like, I, I need this guy to get out of the way so I could take a picture of his car. <laughs> And it was Eric Clapton. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like this old guy was in the way with a guitar case. I was trying to get a picture of his car. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I actually you, share that. Based off, actually, I have a quick thing that's very similar to Jared's that's actually relating to the triple graph. If, uh, you, if just to close it out. Sure. Um, when uh, we heard a story when we were there, and um, in the back of Third Man, uh, they have like a, a like a kitchen area with like uh, all the usual stuff and a large area to sit down. It's got kind of the cafeteria style, you know, like little looks kind of like essentially kind of like tele- our telegraph keys, but like a small little area for you to sit. Um, 
with the old school benches, like blue circles and everything. And there was the story that we were told is um, there was a, a female there that was going to be doing some type of vocal thing or whatever, or an employee. I can't fully remember, but either way, she was sitting down. It was her and this older gentleman, and they were sitting down there having some lunch in the back room, and she was singing something. And this gentleman says to her, Hey, you sound really good. You have a really nice voice. And, you know, she, she exchanged some common pleasantries and, you know, said thank you and everything. And it turned out that that older gentleman there was Neil Young. Uh, oh, wow. smokes. Because uh, he was recording that record that he did in uh, the Third Mayor Records uh, booth there where you can do the... Oh, yeah, that's the, right. The recordo yeah. booth, or what they call it, where you essentially have to... He had to do two takes for every song because it would cut off after like a minute and a half or something like that. But yeah, we heard that story. We thought it was so... So cool that oh, it was wow. just Neil Young having lunch next to you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's probably nice that both Eric and Neil Young in those situations probably just got to feel like what it was to be normal for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, too cool. Well, thanks, Levi, for sending that in. And if you out there have an awesome, uh, would you rather for us to answer? We would love to hear it. So send it our way, okay? Uh, Tony is going yeah. to. Uh, get us through this uh, our, our thank yous and then we're going to say goodbye to our pals at Copper Sound Tony Baloney do it alrighty well we like to thank a special group of people yep. each and every episode uh, this is I guess you would call it a sponsorship if you will a patreon of you of, of the arts so if you would like to help support this podcast, go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs, and you will find a couple of different levels in which you can participate, become a patron of the arts yep. of the podcast, mm. this very podcast. Each level comes with some really great thank you gifts, including things like t-shirts and barefoot buttons. And oh my gosh. Uh, keychains oh keychains yes yeah, stickers and, and flashlight all, pedals and flash oh if, if you're at the right tier at the right tier copper sound flashlight pedals yes no octaves those on those sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm gonna change mine to an octave flash <laughs> but uh <laughs> octavius uh but anyhow um the, t- the, the 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 level that we love the most would be our executive. We love producer. them all the most, Tony. We no, yes, I, we do. Okay, we love them all, but we love these guys the most. At least I do. Todd loves everyone. Right. I can I can say that. Tony and I are biased. One of the things that happens when you get to the executive level, executive producer level, is you get all that great stuff. But Jared, what happens? Well. You get to have your name read on the thing. The name read on the thing, and that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> deep breath in, deep breath out, and here we go. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Carney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Richard Kendall, Levi Main, Tyg Harmon, John Williams, 
and Michael Delucio. Yeah. He's our newest executive producer. That's oh. correct. Welcome aboard, Michael. Welcome. Oh, but wait, there's mm-hmm. more. There's more because just a, a step up from the executive producers is a level that we call our it's grand. A, it's the next floor, really. Yes. Yeah. It's the next floor. If you They're will. in the clubhouse, man. They're on the rooftop. They're the, the, in, the in the penthouse, so yep. to speak. Um, these are our grand poobas. And part of the fun package that they get is they get a fez to wear. And I do believe it is required that they wear the fez while listening to the podcast. Is that and right, Todd? Do. Yep. They do. And in case the lights go out, they also get a copper sound flashlight pedal. Correct. Wow. Among many other things. Among many other things. So without further ado, thank you to these grand poobas, Mr. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro. David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. S. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Christopher Marshall, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Zach Melton, and Tim Nowak. All right. Thank you all, one and all, so very much at all levels. We truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Now, let's see here. Copper Sound, fellas. Where can people go buy your things, this pedal in particular? This pedal is available through Third Man Records at thirdmanstore.com. As of right now, we will not be selling Triple Graph directly, but we are selling it through Third Man along with them. Um, So again, if you go to thirdmanstore.com, you'll be able to find it in their catalog along with the other pedals and products that they offer. We'll also have it on our site as well with uh, corresponding links. So you can go directly from our site right over to Third Man Store as well. Right on. You're right. And while you're on the Copper Sound site, you you better take a look at some of the awesome pedals that they make. They're, they, they've got a great lineup of pedals. Uh, very, very well built and sound fantastic. So thank you, guys. Uh, let's see here. Tony Baloney. Yes. How would people like how would people like to get in touch with me? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's say we send them over to pickguardian.com and have them take a look at some of the wares that I offer. See some of the stuff I've done, projects I've worked on. But a lot of what I do is custom, so drop me an email, let me know what you need. I uh, will work out all the details and make something special just for you. Perfect. Jared, how about yourself? Well, if you need some pickups uh, or you need one of your favorite pickups repaired, go to brandonwellandpickups.com. Check out the pickups that I have to sell or buy a rewind. They're only $30 a coil. And plus, I'm going to have a little show now called Rewind Time with Brandon Wellen Pickups in my messy shop. It's going to be Fantastic. You can send me an email, Todd at the guitarnobs.com. And you can send me a DM on Instagram. And we would love to hear your would you rathers and other things you'd like to share with us. We love getting your correspondence. Thank you so much. And uh, hey, everybody, we just need to have a huge thank you to Copper Sound right now. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us on the show. Yeah, thank you guys very much. Absolutely, and thank you for producing uh, one of the most unique pedals in 
in all of pedal history. Right. <laughs> well, we really appre- appreciate you guys letting us come on and tell the story. It's very nice of you. So you thank bet. you. You bet. All right, everybody, uh, go check this pedal out. Have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah. You're totally roboting, bro. Me. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, hey, are, are we allowed to talk about the triple graph today? That's what the whole thing's about. Oh, okay, I, I just wanted to make sure. because We're here for the big show, Tony. Big one. Yeah. What, what's, your, what's your safe word, Todd? <laughs> Mine, <Tony>. Mine's watermelon. <laughs> watermelon. <laughs> Jacques Blanc. <laughs> Jacques Blanc. <laughs> I like that. That's even yeah, better. That's a pedal hey. name right there, Jacques Blanc. I, if I say more, stop. <laughs> That's a fun segment for a different oh, show. Man. Depended upon. Or... God dang it. Tower. Oh, you were doing so well. Yeah. Hey, three. do it again. Do it again. All right, hey, I think long. it's a French speed skater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thrill is gone. Tony. Yes. You there? I am. <laughs> Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.